Welcome to the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolly Talks, Arnold Reasons, and our special guest, Ray, with the mighty beard, Reaches. Reaches. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to the people, like Ray. It, like it. <laughs> so, Ray is a very dear friend of mine. We grew up together uh, in Portsmouth. We attended the same church. Um, and then a few years ago, Ray actually moved out to the Philippines as a missionary. Um, and every now and then Ray sends out these really cool emails, which I actually read. I may not always respond, but I promise I read those emails. Um, <laughs> and it's always just got some really nice stuff in there about what him and his family are doing out there um, and the different ways that they are kind of using and the different methods and the different things that they're doing to reach the community. Um, and for me, it always really challenges me. It really blesses me. So firstly, I just want to say thank you for what you guys are doing. Yeah. and thank you for sending those emails because it's a real encouragement and a real challenge to me um my first yeah man thank you and just to the point where i'm actually going to the philippines with ray in i don't know how many weeks it's done, uh, you've, now you've committed that's it yeah it's, it's now it's on the record it's not getting edited out it's happening um so <laughs> so we brought ray on the show today to kind of talk to you guys and really just share kind of his experiences and what he's seen God doing and how he's seen people changed and what I love about what Ray does is that it's something that you don't even have to go out to the mission field to do it's very very much a lot of things that you can actually do in your day-to-day lives so yeah really excited to hear kind of what you've got to say and thank you so much for being on the show that's a pleasure thank you for having me guys our pleasure our pleasure so why don't you start a little bit about your journey to going to the philippines like how did that even happen uh okay so um i had known from the age of 16 that i was called to the mission field um i had no idea what that would look like um i just knew that um god was calling me to the to the nations and so when I was 18, my mum and my stepdad sent me to Israel. Um, that was the first country I went to was Israel. Wow. So I spent... Okay. So I spent... You went all so the I spent oh, no, like, <laughs> like, what, what a first start. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I spent a week in the desert with some, with some Bedouins. Like and biblical. then I spent a week, a, week, a week in Jerusalem. And uh, that was fun. So it was really educational and it really kind of brought the re sort of like the imagination of who God was and the imagination of what the Bible is to reality. Okay. Um, so that was really a good experience for me because that kind of put the, um, the journey. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, when I was 19, I was doing well, after that, I was doing a year's internship with the church. Okay. And at the end, um, at the end, Pastor Randy, our, our senior pastor of the church, um, said, what, do you want to come to the Philippines with me? So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, you know, why not? Um, and so we, we went to the Philippines and I was violently sick, like really, really ill. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I, I was good for about a week and a half and then I got food poisoning and I was just oh. out, bro. I was just, just like, I was completely out. And I never wanted to go back. Yeah, I don't um, know. it's so, a sign from the Lord. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> called to the mission field. <laughs> uh, but, and so, you know, I never wanted to go back. So I thought that was it. 
And then uh, a month later, I was in Africa. I was in Zambia for three months, living in a tent in the middle of the bush. Um, so I was there helping dig <laughs> roads and, and uh, put up buildings and all that kind of stuff. And then, then we would travel for days into the bush to minister to the to the native, you know, the Africans that live in the bush, you know. Um, and that was fun. I had some fun wow. stories there. So, but I won't. I won't go into too much detail um but then coming back <laughs> yeah we're going to come back to that yeah, one um <laughs> uh, and then so i think coming back uh i got invited to go out again to the philippines and uh you know we i, I went back and then i went back again and then i went back again wow. um, and we just kept going back and then eventually my wife started joining me so we started then traveling together and our hearts really got entangled with what god was doing in us, but also what God was doing in the Philippines. Okay. And um, and so that's when it really began to grow uh, in us for the desire to be there full time. But it was actually in the middle of the wor- middle of worship. Um, I was at a youth conference because we were, I was serving our youth group at the time. And uh, I, was in a, I was in the middle of worship and God just spoke to my heart and said, within five years, you'll be living in the Philippines. Wow. And so I was just like, whoa, that was like a big, massive download. So I'm like, okay, God, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and we can imagine how that was going to be happening. So we just took a deep breath and said, okay, God, if that's you, we say yes. And uh, if it's not, get behind me, say, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, we, we really loved the journey because you know it involved a lot of conversations with our pastors and elders and um when we were talking about hey this is what we feel god saying to us what do you think it kind of really brought the whole vision down to a submitted level under the authority of the house so it can actually be blessed rather than um us just leaving out the back door it was actually something that was done through the leadership um as a blessing um and so that's kind of how it started really Wow, that's amazing. So, so yeah, that's the journey. <laughs> so, so can I just ask? So before you went on, or before you made the decision to travel and and do missions abroad, what were you doing beforehand? Like, what was your life like? What was your day to day? I was a sea survival instructor. I used to train the military how to survive at sea. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. ever know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? No. I've been doing it for seven years. Man. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. And, it uh, makes sense so now. that was my job. <laughs> it makes sense now. Because Ray was always that guy that you know is super strong and that you don't really mess with. He was yeah. always that super strong guy. Yeah. So this makes sense now. <laughs> so, so the reason why I asked as well is because I know sometimes in our minds as Christians, we can assume that missions is for the people out there, just mm. like a special group of people who have been pretty much born raised and prepared to go into the mission field Mm. whereas i guess what you're describing from your journey is something where you were pretty much like an everyday guy who had a job that you were doing and a very intense job by the sounds Mm. of it as well um and there was some sort of transition that happened for you where you knew it was time to leave you know what you know god always looks for people with something in their hands if he Mm. wants them to do something yeah you know very rarely god very rarely does god choose people that isn't doing anything that is so true you know he he always looks for people that are doing something Mm. you know i heard this saying once and it's always made me laugh it's like it's easier to steer a a donkey than it is to raise a dead horse (laughs) 
know, it's, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? it's easier to hear something that's going than yeah. it is yeah. to raise yeah. something that's not. So true. And um, and that's how God sees us. You know, when He wants us to do something for His glory, He's going to be looking at what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, because that's going to be preparation for what God does next. And yeah. what kind of skills do you find from the job that you were doing that are really applicable now? Um, I found that actually, you know, when you have to stand in front of 48 Marines who are all twice the size of you, <laughs> um, uh, and you have to tell them what they need to do, and yeah. you have to ignore the looks on their faces. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you giving me this boring lecture, you know, and, uh, and uh, I want you, to you, live. Have to, you have to kind of get immune to that kind of environment where you have to, you know, you are giving someone instruction. They need yeah. to know yeah. what you know. They need to be able to do what you're asking them to do. Yeah. And just that, just that uh, interaction with people um, that kind of breaks down those barriers of insecurity. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm not actually, I'm actually an introvert. I don't like talking in front of people and I don't like wow. being the center of attention um, but it just so happens that God puts me in those places and yeah. he's put me in, it put me in a job for seven years yeah. where that has to be the case you yeah. know I can't yeah. get away no. from it I can't escape it I'd rather sit behind and no one look at me you know yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah God just brought me out of that and brought me into a position where I could talk in front of anyone and grab the attention of anyone which has uh, been really useful wow Amazing, yeah. man. And so, since the first, so when you actually left, the first place you went to was we left left where to do a mission abroad. Okay, so the first missions, I my first mission I went on was the Philippines. The Philippines. Yeah, yeah. And like Israel was more of like an educational thing. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's All right. right. I want to hear more about the bush. Yeah. Because that that struck that caught my attention because sure. from from the journey that you you described, you sound like you've been in some very uncomfortable mm. and like really rough places. And I think even we were speaking beforehand as well about the what was the name of the place in the Philippines that the dump, right? Go, the dump. Yeah. I didn't say I don't want to go. I, <laughs> I said I don't want to go to the mountains. <laughs> I said I want. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> don't try to shake my life in front of the people right now. <laughs> But, no, but uh, yeah, so you've been, you've been some pretty rough places. So, so what's, oh, yeah. what's that been like for you? And what has been the thing that has kept you to, to endure through those things and not okay. just go back to comfort? comfort? So um, for me, uh, when I look at the, the extremes of what we have, okay, so for example, you've got the bush of Africa, which is mm. very dense, but it's also very spread out. There's lots of based in Africa that you don't have in the Philippines. So you could travel through days of bush and find, um, whereas in, in the Philippines, it's very, um, the population is very big, but in again, it's in condensed places. It's not so far, far and spread out. So there are lots of uninhabited mountains within the Philippines, but there are also a lot of natives in the, in the bush or in the jungle. And, and so we've done two things. We've, we've, we've done ministry in the jungle and we've done ministry in the dump site. And so they're very, very different. They're very, very extremes, uh, very different extremes of what we would call normal life. Mm. Um, but one thing we have to understand is our extreme is their normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And, you know, and so when we visit someone in their normal, we have to come away from the thought process of actually this is extreme because it's their normal. Yeah. If we deal with it like, I mean, it is extreme. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is extreme. <laughs> I, but it's, it's how it's their world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And so sometimes we can actually them midst of what we would call extreme. And we, we look at them through this lens where it actually detaches us from them as a person. Wow. Um, does so that true. make sense? Yeah. yeah no, so, so I mean, one thing we tell the guys whenever we go to the dump site is, you know, don't be distracted by the mess. See oh the child. Gosh. Yeah. See the person. Yeah. See the look in their eyes. Yeah. Don't be distracted by the smells and the and what you can see and what you can feel. Look at the person. Um, because when you can connect with that person, whether they're in the mountains in, in the Philippines or whether they're in the bush of Africa or when they're in the dump site of the Philippines, you know, if you can connect with that person, no matter where they are, mm. that's, that is what's significant. Wow. I feel like I'm getting my briefing right now because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whilst you were speaking, I was actually thinking Whoa. it would be lovely if you guys could capture some footage whilst you're, you're out there. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And I'm just wondering, like, how do you do that? Because we are so used to being comfortable. And what does that feel like when you actually are, you're looking at someone and you are seeing past everything that's there? And what is it? Because I almost feel like that must be what it's like when God looks at us, if you see what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what mess we've got ourselves into, no matter what situation we're in, it's like God looks past all of that yeah. and really just sees us. And yeah. what is that like? I mean, our comfort is always um, a perspective, isn't it? Mm. I mean, my comfort could be somebody else's extreme. Mm. You know, what we've judged somebody else in the dump site in their living condition, what we've judged that as extreme, somebody else who's rich and famous could look at my situation <laughs> and go, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's always, you know, that kind of thing is always coming through perspective. Mm -hmm. So, but there's a grace for it. There really is. I mean, there's, we can't, we, you know, I would hate to do this without God. I'd hate to even mm. try to do this without God. Um, because exactly what you're saying to Lou is that, um, God gives you the grace to see people the way he sees people, mm. you know, and he gives you the heart to want to do that as well. So whether you're in Portsmouth or whether you're in London or whether you're in the Philippines or Africa or wherever you are, Israel, the desert, wherever, if you can get the heart that says, God, I want to see people the way you see people, mm. our heart attitude towards each other will change. No, that's so true. And actually, you know, so Ray's been back for about a month now, right? You've been back in the uh, yeah, UK. A couple of months, yeah. Yeah. So how is that transition? And you know where you're saying about whether you're in Portsmouth or London or wherever you are, trying to still see that. How how has that been for you being back? Because obviously you're in a very dis different situation to what you've been in. Yeah. I mean, I I love the transition. I love the the change of of pace, and I love mm. all that stuff. Um, it is very interesting. It's very challenging um, because you do get used to it. You do get used to what you see. You mm. do get used to the, um, you know, when we're in the dump site, we're in the dump site. When we're in the mountains, we're in the mountains. When I'm at home, I'm at home. When we're ministering, we're ministering, you know, and you get used to that routine of life. You get used to that rhythm. And then when you come back out, you come out of that, you come back to the UK 
everything's completely different. Yeah. Everything's very structured. Everything's very organized. Everything's very routine. Um, I mean, you, you, you finish work at four or five, you have to fight for a parking space and then that's it. You, <laughs> go home, yeah. you know, and that's it. That's kind of about as much as it goes until the weekend, you know, yeah. no one sees each other. That's it. Um, so it is very, very different. And you do have to, again, um, I really think that you just need that grace, you know, wherever you are, you do need that grace to be able to reach out and connect with people wherever you are. Mm. Um, in, it, in order to get people saved, in order to get people into relationship with a God that loves us. And have you found, you know, opportunities while you've been back at home to evangelize and to share with different people? Yeah, I mean, it's always it always up in conversation when people say, "Where have you been?" You know, <laughs> where you going, what you do, you know? I mean, it doesn't take long for the conversation <laughs> to steer in that direction, you know, um, yeah. and. Uh, for the, you know, I think when you're in the, also when you're in a foreign country, you're, you are the center of attention in most places. I mean, you do yeah. catch attention naturally. So you generally have a bit more conversation when you're in England and you're a white guy, you're invisible, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you just kind of, you just kind of blend in and out of crowd. Um, but uh, you know, we always look to have conversations with people. I always try and build, build upon the relationships that have already been made mm. um, and make new ones. Um, the difficulty for us is that we're not living in our own home, so we're, we're kind of like, it's not our community, it's just, yeah. we're borrowing from somebody else's, so we're kind of just helping where we can and okay. just building those little relationships where we can. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we have. And talk to me a little bit about the building the relationships, because that's one conversation we had after church, I think it was, that was actually really cool. So talk to me a little bit about how you intentionally build some of those relationships with people that you don't necessarily know. Okay, so um, the way we have to do things in a ministerial way or in an evangelical way, if you want to put you know a yeah. tag on it, um, in the Philippines, especially where we live, it's a very controlled and controlled environment, which means that you can't go around handing out flyers, you can't go around knocking on everybody's door. I wouldn't want to anyway, because <laughs> you look like a Mormon, you know, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, and, <laughs> So you can't, you can't do all those things, you know, and it has to be through relationship. And actually where we live is actually like a suburb of the city. Okay. So people have kind of come away from the main city to escape a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's great because you're in this community where you can just talk to people. And so the, what we do is, first of all, always say hello. Always. I mean, that doesn't sound difficult, right? But for some reason it is. Mm. Initially, it is difficult to say hello, especially to people you don't know. Yeah. So always good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever. Just say hello. Yeah. And then I would on purpose become a regular in someone's world. Mm. So whether they work in a shop or a cafe or a bar or not a bar, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, hello, Friday night. <laughs> um, Drinking for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus drunk with them, no, he didn't. <laughs> sat with them, he sat with them. Um, uh, but, you know, so wherever they are, yeah. you become a regular in their world. Yeah. And, um, and the great thing about that is you can, you can actually get to know them. Um, and one of the things that God challenged me on was, can you love someone without an agenda? Mm. Oh. Mm. Because so often when we go up to someone, we've yeah. got this preloaded mentality. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. what we want cool. out of that relationship we've got that preloaded 
kind of um, agenda that I'm going to get you born again. You're yeah, going to come to my yeah, church and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But what happens? Just for just for example, what happens if they reject everything that you've got in your head? Mm-hmm. That's going to affect your relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. But what if it was the other side around? What if it was the flip way around, where you actually loved them without an agenda? Yeah. You built a relationship without the agenda. And then you led that relationship purposefully, but gently, out of love, into the truth of who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's 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 in reverse. Yeah, so yeah. instead of going in with the gospel first, why don't we go in with love first? Mm-hmm. But and love not, is the gospel, right? Yeah, love is the gospel, and I'm not talking about that hippie love that makes no, everything. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the love that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. talking, I'm talking about when God says God is love, mm, you know, yeah. when the when scripture says God is love mm. and God is power, mm. you know, we, God, God is a consuming fire, you know, when we, when we look at those things and we say, okay, God, well, that's what your love is. That's what your love was manifested mm. in who Jesus Christ. And we carry Christ and Christ is hidden in us and we are hidden in him. Wow. When we go forward and love someone it is the most natural way for the supernatural power of God to flow into their wow. life. Okay. Because this is this is what the scriptures speak about: how they shall know you. Yeah. By your love. By your love. Love is the central thing that the scriptures echo throughout about what we're supposed to embody. Mm. Yeah. And so I think just hearing you say that mm. is just speaking so many times that i've seen love even just in reading the scriptures over the last week and that's been something that's been standing out to me as well yeah um and it's and it's the way of god yeah can you can the question is can we be love like god is love yeah and i think that thing about love with no agenda yeah is so key because i was just reminded of um when jesus saw zacchaeus mm. right jesus didn't go to him to say any of that so he was just like i'm coming to your house to chill mm. right and by the end of just Jesus loving on him and spending time with him, he's like, everything that I've done wrong, I'm going to undo it. Mm. I'm going to give all my money. I'm going to, whoever I've wronged, I'm going to pay them back. Mm. But you don't really see Jesus telling him that that's what he had to do. Mm. Jesus just loved on him. And that was his response to mm. that love. Mm. You know? So a question that I, I would... Love, I love ahead. it in the scriptures. I was just say the, the kindness of God leads a man to repent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and I think when God, when people see the kindness of God in us, yeah. it triggers a response mm. that they either give into or they resist. Mm. And love provides the grace for them to be able to respond. Mm. I love that. Can you add me to your mailing list, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, let me just quickly throw that out there before we forget. Is is that something that's available to the public? If people want yeah, to just join? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, there's this is um if you want to subscribe, I can get pass the details over to you guys and you yes, guys please. can yeah, yeah. We'll people can contact you if you want it. Yes, please. Yeah, sure, no worries. Yeah. So the question that I was gonna ask, um, and it's a question for us to talk on, is what are some of the things that prevent us or hinder us from living that love that we're speaking about because mm. i think for even for me as i'm listening i'm thinking to myself okay cool love is the central thing mm. what are some of the things that could be hindering me hindering us mm. that i might potentially be missing or somebody else who's listening might potentially be missing and want to overcome mm. so what are some of the things that hinder us or prevent us or are stopping us from living that love and being that love 
I think that often we are waiting for somebody else to do it. Mm. And I think when we went, you know, when somebody else does it, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? um, and the other thing is we're so busy. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. We're so focused on what we need to do, where yeah. we need to be, how we need to do it, what yeah. time it is. Yeah. I mean, when, when we first shifted gear and we entered into the Philippines or entered into where we are now anyway, um, I was walking around and I, my purpose for walking around was to get to know people, to pray with people and, and bring people to God. That was my purpose. So I would go for walks, you know, and just, just talk to people and just pray for people and all that stuff. But even in those conversations, I, almost, I was almost like rushing. Mm. And I was like, I was like, oh, I need to be somewhere. I need to do something. It was like built into me. Mm. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, don't rush. Mm. Make the most of this moment with this person. Wow. Um, and, you know, and I was in a, I remember I was in a taxi one time and I was going, I can't, I can't remember where I was going, but I was tired. I was worn out and I was just sitting in the back of the taxi and I was talking to the driver and I was just making small talk, but I really wasn't wanting to have a big, deep conversation. Mm. I just wanted to sit there. Mm. And, and the Holy Spirit said to my heart, you may be the only Jesus he ever meets. And that just convicted me right to the very core of who I was. And I was like, man, if I don't tell him about Jesus, yeah. no, there may be never an opportunity. There may never be an opportunity for this guy to hear about him again. Yeah. Um, and I've lost count of how many taxi drivers have given their lives to the Lord. You know, uh, and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, this is it. This isn't boasting or anything no, like no, that, no. but it's just how good God is. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I would set myself a little challenge. I said, right, how how long's this journey? Okay, we're twenty minutes. Okay, I've got twenty <laughs> minutes to bring you to Jesus. You know, um, or at least I'm going to pray for you. That's like the yeah, least I'm yeah, going to yeah, do. Yeah. Is I'm going to pray for you. Um, and I, I don't do it all the time. It's not like hundred percent, but it's the, so as a but it's a, like a little challenge that I set myself. Yeah, you know, and uh, and so I would talk with these drivers. You know. And um, I'd pray for them. And so often you just see them cry wow. um, because, you know, you see these guys so bound in religion um, that the closest that they can get to God is in a statue. Mm. It's cold. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't help you. You have to. You're blessed if you touch the statue. I said, no, no, no. You're blessed because God touches you. Wow. Um, and so, you know, when you pray for someone and I love that psalm, it says, taste and see that the Lord, the Lord is good. Is good. Um, yeah. And that's my hope that the moment I get my hands on someone mm. is the moment they're going to feel the presence of God mm. and they're going to get a, a taste of how good he is. Mm. Um, and when you pray for someone, and I think sometimes we kind of in the, one of the two answers, sorry, I've completely ignored your question. No, but slow, bro, flow, keep just keep going. <laughs> but I think sometimes we, we forget that God wants to work with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so whether we're busy or whether we're distracted or whether we're, um, we're waiting for somebody else to do it, God is actually waiting to work with us. He's mm. not, um, he, he, you know, he wants to partner with us. He wants to help us in our evangelism. He wants to help us in our loving of people. He wants to help us in our praying. He wants to help us. He wants to be there for us. And he's given us everything we need to be able to do it and do it in power. Mm. Uh, and uh, but when fear gets in the way or doubt gets, I mean, I remember I've lost count of how many times I've prayed for people. And I've actually been thinking while I'm praying, do I have enough faith for this? Mm. And that question pops up in my head 
And actually, I'm not thinking about praying for them. I'm not thinking about seeing them healed. I'm not yeah, thinking about yeah. that stuff. I'm thinking about me. Yeah. And wow. I'm like, well, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> What's like, it got to do with me? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, but then we wonder why we don't see results when we pray. Mm. Because we're not actually thinking about God. We're not actually thinking about this person. We're thinking, about, and we wonder why we don't see the results we want to see. So instead, I started re again retraining how I was thinking that when I was praying for people, I would discipline myself to think about them being healed. Right. Uh, or you know, I shared this testimony recently that um, I was ch- talking with a guy, and uh, he flat out just refused to believe in Jesus. He said, "You know what, Ray? I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe Jesus is who he says he is." So I said, okay, "Fine, that's your choice. I can't make you." Um, I can't make you believe, you know. Um, and then I thought that was it. I thought the conversation was done. And then he showed me his wrist. And he said, if God heals this, I'll believe. Wow. <laughs> and Challenge he accepted. Me, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm looking at his hand. I'm like, what's this? What's this? I'm looking, looking at his, I'm looking at it. I'm like, what's going on? Um, but he had a cyst on his hand that was like half a golf ball on the back of his hand. Hmm. On, it, on his wrist like that. And... Um, so I said, give me your hand. And so I put my hands on his hand and I just prayed. I said, no, no, no. Jesus, right now, sist, you dissolve now. You disappear now. You shrink and you go now in Jesus. And I let that. But what was going on in my mind was healing is a sign, not a reward. Wow. Healing is a sign to those who don't believe mm. to point them to Jesus who loves them, mm. who loves them enough to heal them. Mm. And that was what was going on in my mind. And two days later, he sends me two photos on my inbox to on Facebook and the lump had completely gone. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. And the lump what... had been there for nine months. That, that was it. It's gone. But what's interesting is that in the moment, the lump didn't necessarily go. Yeah, yeah. And often when we pray in that kind of situation, and if we don't see it go immediately, we almost like drop our faith. Yeah. Because it's like, I prayed and nothing happened. But actually, two days later, the guy came back to you and it had gone. You know, so I think that's something that's really important for us to also kind of know that, look, I've prayed, it's done, yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, don't drop your faith on it. That for me, that's really encouraging. Yeah, I mean, I always look at the, you know, I go back to the Bible and say, you know, how many times did God say, light be? Once. How many times in scripture? Once. He said it once, and it's still happening today. Mm. That felt like a trick question for a second. I was like... No, that's, why, <laughs> that's why I didn't answer. <laughs> searching in my mind to try and catch it. But yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's right. It's once. Did you get, did you get the point? Yeah. He said it once, yeah. and it happened, and yeah. it's still happening. It's still happening. Yeah. See, that's the power of his word. That's the power of his authority, and that wow. same authority in us. Mm. That when we say it, it happened. Wow. And when we say it, I mean, when we say it, we just got to leave it, let it sit, because God's, does, God's word always does what it sets out to do. Wow. The only time we don't see the results is when we reel that faith back in because mm. we didn't see what we said we believed. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my head is hot, is all I can say. Like, there is so much to like. Yeah. Wow. And I'm going to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Funny. Tony's going to come back with some stories of his own. Bro, honestly, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. 
A little bit nervous, can't lie. I don't know if I'm <laughs> hot or if it's this light <laughs> is the thing. I'm like, what is happening to me? <laughs> no, joking aside, I think for me, this has been so interesting. Yeah. And I'm just really seeing how this parallels into our day-to-day lives because I don't live in the Philippines. Mm. I work in London. Mm. Do you see what I mean? And London is like that ultimate place where, look, everybody is getting to where they need to be. When my tube is two minutes away, I'm angry because how dare it be a two minute wait for my tube, you know, but actually those are all opportunities and those are all moments where I can actually connect with that person next to me who's stuck behind the newspaper because in London you don't make eye contact. So imagine the impact of someone being love in somewhere like London where people Mm. feel lonely. You know, that is the perfect kind of place mm. where actually God's love will really permeate because people need that. Yeah. You know, they really need that. And, and I'm just yeah, thinking, I was just thinking about some of the things that Ray mentioned as well about one saying hello. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. In the, in the environment <laughs> that we live in, that's just like almost like mind blowing. It's like, are you mad? <laughs> like, I don't know you. Why, you. why are you talking to me? But yeah, yeah, just saying hello. And even the strategically being intentional about getting into someone's life. Mm. That's just my rewording of what you said because I can't mm. remember how you phrased it. But, yeah, yeah, no. But just like really invading someone's world and not mm. with an agenda. Of conversion. Of conversion, just, but agenda I of love. I just want to love you. Yeah. Wow. One of the things that God said to my heart was, again, bear in mind that we went into this community, just me and my wife, yeah. Um, we didn't have a team. We didn't have a church. We didn't have an event that we could invite people to. Yeah. Um, and you know what? And it's weird, right? Because, you know, when you're trying to build a church from nothing, you mm. kind of go, you run through all these different ideas of what you can do. Mm. Um, and, you know, the Holy Spirit just said to my heart, he said, Ray, if you try and build the church, nothing will happen. But if you build people, the church will be built. Mm. Wow. And so I turned my attention from trying to establish the church and tried to turn, I turned my attention to establishing people Mm, and building people and sowing into people and loving on people. And, Mm. um, and, you know, and that in itself, the byproduct is church. Mm -hmm. You're like, when you love someone and you bring the presence of God into their world, when you bring the word of God into their world, the byproduct is actually salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we, when we do this with the intention of and with the heart of, I want to see this guy saved. But let me just love them enough for me to actually do something. Mm-hmm. Let me love them enough. You know, scripture says that Jesus was moved mm-hmm. with compassion. compassion. Mm-hmm. He, was physic- he was physically moved with compassion. And so we need to allow ourselves to be physically moved mm-hmm. with compassion into someone's world, whether it's the person serving us coffee or whether it's the person on the tube that we see every day, but we never say anything to. Um, and, you know, we, we always want to try and not be the crazy person, right? We always want to try and avoid that. Uh, um, but there are ways around it. There is ways to be normal and still do it. So what are those um, ways? Give us the secrets, bro. Stop, the stop holding back, man. <laughs> You know, if you start screaming and shouting on a subway train, no one's going to really want to talk to you afterwards. (laughs) And so I think you can, I think there's a really relational way we can do these things. And I think it's a, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Mm. Um, And, you know, and one thing I've I've found really, really useful is to listen to God while you're talking to people. Mm. Um, 
And I remember I met this guy from Texas and uh, we were just chatting and we were talking and getting to know each other and and, um, and we swapped details on Facebook. And that's a really useful tool, by the way, is connect with someone. So once you get a contact or once you get to know their name, get, get connected. So you're able to follow it up um, with some conversation or just saying, hey, how you doing? Um, how, how's life going for you? And just, just so you've got that, uh, that follow up from that initial hello, you can use Facebook or whatever you're using to reconnect with that person. Um, but I was, I, was, so I was talking to this guy from Texas and uh, and you know I was just get, as I was talking to him he was sharing a bits of his life and, and all that kind of stuff and I said that I was a pastor and he almost wanted to run away um, <laughs> because uh, he was he was running away from God wow. and you know he he was now in in you know me stood in front of him and I'd worked with the military for seven years and he was ex-military so oh, he loved right. how I wasn't freaked out by that or by his stories yeah. so he was able to connect with me which is great. And then we're on the phone and I'm si- I'm listening. I'm listening to him talking. We're talking and, and then God just drops in my heart. He says, he first called out to me when he was 13 years old. Wow. And I said, okay. I said, hey man. And I said, listen, this is going to sound crazy, but let me just ask you this question. Did something happen to you when you were 13 years old? And what happened to you? What went on? And he went, oh, you know what? Loads of stuff was going on when I was that age. I can't really remember. And then he stopped and he's like, no, no. That was the age my friend killed himself. And that was the first time I called out to God. Oh my gosh. And I said, man, I said, God's just dropped that into my heart that at that time you called out to him, he was right there with you. I said, I know it doesn't feel like it. I know you don't feel like, uh, I know I know it doesn't seem like it, mm. but let me tell you this. He's never left you. He's never stopped loving you. He's never stopped caring for you. He's never stopped being around your life. I said, mm. listen, if you want that peace, just surrender to him, bro. And um, and we've had some good prayer times, me and, him, that, me and that guy, and then we're still praying for him. So, yeah. Well, but always have an ear open to God when you're talking to people. Because um, he'll give you things to share, things to mention that just points out not doesn't point out people's sin but mm. it points out how much he loves that person um to draw them closer to himself that's really good that's really good um so the question that came to mind for me it's a bit of a weird question but i think sure. it's a question that your answer will probably help a lot of us listening why do you care so much about the people that you're connecting with the people that you've met in the philippines the people the people you met in the bush the people you met even in your local area for example like why do you care so much about them what is it that causes you to feel that you're willing to go outside of what you're comfortable and okay doing just to mind your own business and look after your family but to engage with these people and meet them and get into their lives and into their spaces and to also introduce them to the Lord? That's uh, a good question. Um, first of all, we have to acknowledge that heaven and hell are real places. Mm. And we don't, we, we don't like to talk about this because it's like, you know, modern Christianity is about how you, you know, how you get a better job, yeah. you know. Um, so it's, we, we forget that actually, Actually, heaven and hell are real places. Mm. Um, and of the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
But I love this following verses because it says he didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, yeah, yeah. but to save the world. Mm. And then it goes on again, it says, for those who actually don't believe have condemned themselves already. Mm. So these people are not, you know, no one is condemned by God. Mm. They've actually condemned Condemn themselves. Mm. Um, and you know what? And we've got all kinds of people in our world right now. And, and I don't go around telling them they're going to hell. Yeah. But I go... But what I do is I carry God with me wherever I go. And, you know, wherever you guys go, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven goes. Mm. Uh, you carry the kingdom of heaven. You carry the kingdom authority. You carry the kingdom peace. You carry that kingdom love. Mm. And I think just the closer you get to God, the more you see things the way he sees things. Mm. I think the closer you get to his heart, the more you hear what's on his heart. And, uh, you know, his heart has always, always, always been for people. Mm. Um, you know, so often we go for what's in God's hands that we never go to him for what's in his heart. Yeah, yeah, but if, yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, if we were to go... <laughs> that was nice. But if, but if we actually go to God for what's in his heart, he embraces us and we get what's in his hands anyway. Mm, yeah. You know? And... Yeah. And... Uh, so I just think that, you know what, I'm going to love people because I know how much God loves me. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I wish I knew to the full extent of how much God loved me, but I know God loves me mm. and I know God's forgiven me. And I know that, you know, I've made a bunch of mistakes that, that you know, that, that does never, will never put me in a right position to judge somebody else. So mm. let me just go and walk into their world and just love on them and uh, bring people into relationship with him if I can. Mm. I've got a very good follow-up as well because you made some very, very good points. Sure. The What are some things that have helped you to get closer to God's heart? Oh, good question. That's a good question. Um, I would say the word and prayer. Mm. Um, those, those two things, they never come separate. You know, they should never come separate. The word of God mm. and prayer. You know, um, if we just read the Bible, it becomes education. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We get educated. We yeah. But if we pray, we pray in the Holy Ghost, we pray, we spend time in God's Word, we pray, spend time in the presence of God, and we just pray, We, you know, um, it becomes revelation. It becomes yeah. part of who we are. Um, and, you know, I, I love praying. I love spending time in the presence of God, and I love just um, sitting and just, just talking to God and praying. In, in the Holy Spirit, you know, and just, just drawing on his presence um, mm. because I know that connection is so vital mm. um, for what and we sorry, need to do. When um, I find sometimes when people say, oh, well, pray, yeah. you know, like, but practically, what does that look like? Like, yeah, what does that yeah. mean for you? Yeah. Like, when you say pray, what does that mean for you? Is that kind of like, you know, you put your hands together and you, or what does that look like for you? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, the moment I'm not talking to somebody else is normally the moment I start talking to him. Mm. So I'm always kind of in this zone where I'm talking to God. Like yeah. either, you know, I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not, it doesn't even have to be about anything. I'm like, Lord, I just think, just, you know, and I, I thank you for what's going on and, and just, just, just constantly having that communication with him. Yeah. You know, we, we always, we always think we have to begin and end a prayer. You know, mm. we always think that the beginning of the, the beginning of the prayer is dear Lord and the end of the prayer is amen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so what it, 
but what if the what if there was no end or beginning and what if we were just in constant conversation with god yeah um because again don't forget god doesn't see time the way we see time True. um we don't see beginning and end. we see the beginning and end but god sees it all at one time yeah so you know there is no end to our prayer with god because there is no end mm. so you know it's yeah and so when we're like we're constantly building and building and building in our relationship with god because we're just talking to him mm. you know whether it's in english or whether it's in uh whatever language we speak on the earth and whatever we whatever heavenly language we've been given through the holy spirit you know those are all tools to be able to communicate and connect with god mm. and his heart mm. and so when you're talking about you know the word and prayer together you know how do you pray about what you're reading if you see what I mean, or what you've read. So how do you pray on something so that it goes from that head knowledge to that revelation knowledge? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a good question. Um, normally what I do is I just say, God, make this scripture part of who I am. Oh, got it. Because, uh, you know, I don't want it to stay up here. I want it to be part of me. Yeah. Mm. Um, because, you know, when you say, when you say to someone, be yourself, you just relax and you just be right. Yeah. Mm. So, what if that scripture became part of who you were? Right, and that's who you would relax yourself is. And you would be. Yeah. yeah, got it. You would be the outworking of that scripture you've now written. Mm. That makes sense. And, and I think that actually even answers another question that I was going to ask, which was, <laughs> how do? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, asking all the <laughs> I'm like, I've got some questions coming, so keep going. <laughs> but the other question that I was going to ask, which I think you pretty much answered with that, is how do you read the word without it being something that is just head knowledge um, okay. and, and something that is just taking in the information? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I guess reading the word, they're letters on a page. And obviously, the word of God is definitely way more than just letters on a page. Mm -hmm. Sure. But there's a way that we can read the scriptures mm. that make it either letters on a page or information that we're gathering up in our minds mm. so that we can sound really cool, sound like we really know God, but actually our hearts can be so far from him. So, so that's sure. why I was going to ask that question. But I think you started answering in your last minute, but yeah. you look like you've got something to say. I think, well, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> I think it's, studying the word is really important. Yeah. And I think how we can study the word can change. So I'll go through seasons of my life where I've got more time than other time, you know, other seasons. And so I'll have time where I used to copy the Bible word for word. Right. That's what, that was my study. I used to copy the Bible word for word. So I've got yeah. a folder and it's got the book of Genesis. It's got different books of the Bible because I've just copied it word for word. Yeah. And, and actually, as you're rewriting the Bible, yeah. you actually begin to take in so much more. Um, so I'll take that challenge out there for anybody who loves studying the word. That's amazing. Just sit there and copy it out. I've never heard of anything like that. No, me neither. And because I'm dyslexic, so I have to fit, I have to do something um, that actually is is physical in order for me to take in that information. Yeah. I I love listening to audio Bible as well. So what I would do is I would do it three threefold. I would listen to the Bible. I would read the same page and copy it out word for word. So I would listen read and write at the same time um, as I'm going through 
certain periods of time or certain seasons of my life. That's when I would have, you know, different seasons could be a different uh, slots of time. But I used to love doing that. That was one thing I used to really love doing. And I found that just more and more revelation was coming from that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So, uh, and I always love to hear it as well as I love to read it. So, and read it out loud as well. Oh my goodness, that's so helpful. I mean, do you ever get to those passages of scripture which just don't make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you read something, you're like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, has the word begat in it. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> you know, he's like, Jesus, yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, um, but actually, when you read that passage out loud over and over and over again, mm. you'll find that the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, yes. begins to reveal that scripture to you. Yeah. And context is a big deal as well. I mean, context of scripture is really, really important. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we don't understand a scripture just because we didn't read the context. So yeah, we didn't yeah, read. So yeah. We didn't actually read what was going on i mean we we just got the word for today and read one scripture and that was it and we didn't know what was going on um but you know sometimes we just get those verses that pop up and we don't really know what it means um but it's actually if we went back read the context we'd actually understand the flow of god's heart in that passage so we can then then actually just draw on that and it becomes part of who we are Mm. that's good man is that all right? Does that answer your question? No, it's really good. <laughs> it's really it's really, good. And it's really practical as well because, number one, I've never thought of the method that you just described. No. Like, I've never thought of that. Writing it out. And I think as you were explaining it, I thought to myself, of course, this is God. some of the stuff they teach us in school. Yeah. Um, and, and we learn. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you like know. when you're naughty, yeah. right? And yeah. my, dad, <laughs> my dad used to make me write lines. Yeah, yeah. Because that is a way of getting it into your head. Yeah. You just write it out over and over again. I yeah. will not lie. I will not. Let me not expose myself. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've never done that with the Bible. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's really rich and practical. Okay. Do you have any more questions? Because I have a question. Go for it, you shoot yours. So, like, one of the things that comes through actually quite a lot in your emails as well is about the discipleship element of it. And you touched on it a little bit. But I'd really like you to kind of expand on that a little bit more in terms of what are the ways that you actually practically disciple people? Because I feel like for me, that's another one of those things that's quite like a nice Christian word, you know. But when you're talking about it, it's just like discipleship. I'm like, practically what does that mean what do you actually do to disciple someone and to help them grow in god okay um i mean i would love to be able to sit here and say i have a discipleship program uh where people come through the door for 10 weeks and then they leave completely changed Mm. it doesn't happen that way um it didn't happen with jesus that way exactly Um, what i was about (laughs) to say i was gonna say you're you're in in good hands with that because I didn't see that in the scriptures no. either, so that sounds very positive to start. <laughs> uh, and and the one thing as well that I noticed was um, none of the people that dis- that Jesus discipled was saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that God really um, worked with me on was actually discipleship is a process from the moment that you meet someone to the moment they meet Christ and beyond. Mm. we are waiting for people to get saved before we start discipling them right 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 right, actually jesus called people from the fishing boats Mm. to journey with him Mm. to the cross and then beyond Mm. and and i think that if we just took that heart where we're saying you know what 
I'm going to build a relationship with you mm. and I'm going to lead you to Christ and then I'm going to lead you beyond Christ. Mm. I'm going to lead you into the creation knowledge of who you are. I'm going to lead you into the understanding of what God has done in you so you can live out everything that he says you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the process of evangelism. And for us, we can only do that one person at a time. Mm. Um, and so that's what I do is I one person at a time, I'll begin that process. Wherever, however far away from God they are at the beginning, I begin that process with them yeah. and then lead them to the cross. Some are closer than others, some are farther away than others. But, yeah, you know, whatever it is, we begin that process to the cross. They get saved, they get born again, and then we go, okay, yeah, this is what, keep going. And we, it's just that one-on-one relationship that you have with people. Mm. Um, not everybody's got time to do it, but if you've got the time to do it, find that one person, uh, whether they're in church or out of church, yeah. um, and just begin that process of saying, okay, well, let's just walk together. Let's just do life together. And let's lead, let me, you know, and then we lead them to Christ. We then lead them into the things of God. Um, that's kind of how I would sum it up, really. I mean, it's not a, I've not got much strategy for it. I just try and build a relationship with as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> and, so, and so what are some of the things that you do? Is it like Bible study with them or pray with them or understanding what they're dealing with? Like, it might not be like a set you know, steps, but what are some of the things that you encounter as you disciple people? Okay, so um, so we've got one situation where, okay, so we've got one guy over here who's going through depression or going through something. Mm. So I'll spend time with him and we'll go through the word and we'll say, okay, well, this is what God is saying about your depression right now. This is what he says about the spirit of heaviness right now. Um, how, and you do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love and of a sound mind. So, mm. you know, this is who God says you are and we operate on that basis. Then we've got someone over here who's in religion and is someone who's king God, but actually is bound by the realistic system of religion. So then you begin to explain the goodness of God and show him in scripture the goodness of God and how it penetrates through systems that man has made. Mm. Um, and then you lead them through that knowledge. And then you've got a guy over here who's involved in domestic violence. And so you bring the word of God into the home and change the environment. Um, you bring prayer into the home and change the environment. Um, and we've got people who are involved in cults, people who are really immoral or whatever they are and wherever they're at. Um, we always just kind of love first, see where they're at, see what they will receive and then kind of work off of that. Mm. Um, sometimes it's just spoon feeded, you know, sometimes it's a Bible study depending on what people's capacity is. And I think that's the major one is acknowledging and recognizing someone's capacity. Mm. Um, because not everybody has the capacity to sit down and read a read a chapter a chapter with you, mm. but someone may have the capacity to sit and read a verse with you. Mm. Some some people may not even have the capacity to read a verse. Maybe it's the thought about that verse. Maybe it's the the heart behind that verse that they've got the capacity for. Mm. And I think as we journey with people through this thing we call discipleship, we increase their capacity. And that's what we design. That's what we desire for. We and then, and then when we've got the chance, we put on Bible studies and we go through different books and we do book studies with them. We give them stuff to read, stuff to go through, so they are deepening their understanding um, as well. I really like that what you said about just growing with them and growing their capacity, mm. because you're right. Everyone has kind of what they can handle mm. and what they can do, 
and it is just that gentle okay here's a little bit more here's a little bit more just in in line with what they need and what they actually are wanting for so actually that's really practical for me i really like that and and it yeah. definitely takes love to oh, even patience. be able to know that and to be willing to discover that yeah because when we come with our agendas it's kind of like okay well i've got five chapters that you need to read today exactly <laughs> and we're not going to leave until you finish reading it yeah but when we flip it like you've been speaking about with choosing to love the person first love part of the process of love and building a relationship you learn more about the person mm. and more about what they can and can't handle or what they can and can't take at mm. this given moment yeah. and i guess that's even where you bear with them even if mm. your capacity is bigger than theirs mm. you allow love to be what compensates for the disparity between what your capacity is and their, theirs mm. is so that you can sure. help bring them up to the level that is next in front of them no you got it you got it i mean jesus's capacity is much greater than us yeah exactly <laughs> i was like right? people are patient with us all the time <laughs> yeah, right so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean he's patient with us right yeah i mean yeah, yeah i mean we're sat here talking, you know, and he's up there going, all right, guys. Yeah, I love your show. You can kind of imagine just oh, how wow. our daily lives are reflected in heaven. Oh, right? my life. I don't want <laughs> <Yeah>. to imagine. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's that kind of makes me laugh because God's like, I'm so, you know, he's so patient with us. Yeah. He's yeah. so good to us. He's so merciful Honestly. that he lets us, he lets us journey. He lets <laughs> us stay, you know. Uh, walk a day at a time you know yeah. that kind of stuff um so i think yeah i mean as long as we keep the perspective right and personally i'm i know that the devil will know more bible than me yeah so mm. i'm not focused about how much you know i'm focused on what you do with what yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean i i've met people who are scholars but they don't love people mm. i've met people who have got doctorates but don't like talking to people mm. um to me that's not godly mm. so i don't care what qualifications you've got yeah. if you're not loving people and if you're not doing if you're not displaying the heart of god yeah it's wasted mm. yeah. so yeah for sure <laughs> yeah that's wow. really rich have you got a question yes and no have you i've got one question okay you go. It. you go you go 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 <laughs> <Save> <laughs> the, the question that i have is what would you say to a person who is comfortable right now in their Christianity um, and in their life and their life stage at the moment mm. who just isn't willing to step outside of their comfortability in order to start doing the reaching that we are called to do wherever we are? and to love people and to build relationships and to be patient and all of those sorts of things so it might not necessarily be for them to go to philippines or to africa or wherever else but it doesn't excuse them obviously from loving people mm. and engaging with people where they are mm. so what would you say to someone who's comfortable um does all of the so-called religious routines and practices but isn't doing that what would you say to what's the word i'm looking for exhort them <laughs> how blunt do you want me to be i think no be as blunt as it gets because I'd this say. is the thing is that i really think that and i'm saying this even by faith i really believe that what you're about to say no pressure of course because it's, be, it's god we're relying on pressure but, makes diamonds boy but, but in all honesty i think the reality is you're somebody who isn't just 
reading the word mm. isn't just listening to the word isn't just building a platform of followers to explain to them how much you know the word you're someone that has read it and is doing it and of course the practical application of us applying the word doesn't always result in every single person going to the philippines but something that cannot be denied regardless of whether people agree with you or disagree with you or anything that we're saying on this podcast you have taken god at his word and you have chose to lay down your life for the sake of reaching other people so please i think you have a license right now to be as blunt as possible because i'm sure there's somebody listening possibly even us i'm sure as I know, well I think it's for me right who now. is really <laughs> going to be challenged yeah. but challenged in a godly way mm. because the challenge is coming from a place of love okay um i would say if someone's comfortable doing nothing they don't know who god is go on that's it they don't know who God is. Mm. Because for me, I can't be comfortable with God who has created the universe. I think we forget, I really do. I think we forget just what he is. Mm. Um, and so we kind of live in this little Christian bubble yeah. where we go, yeah, I'm saved, so I'm good. Mm. Um, but actually it's not a being saved was never just about us mm. being saved was about the rest of the world mm. um you know and i just think you know i've had times with god where i've 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 pushed into his presence and been scared at what i found mm. because when you get a reality check on the holiness of god it demands a response mm. when you get a reality check on the very person of Jesus Christ. I mean, just read Revelations. You know, his eyes are fire. His hair is white like wool. His, his, he's got a golden sash around his chest. You know, he, when he speaks, it sounds like the roar of many waters, mm. you know. He, you know, this is the creator of the universe. Mm. And we've settled for looking at a picture and saying, okay, well done, Jesus, you died on a cross for me. But if only we could get that reality check that actually says, no, God, you are and you have created, you know, you, you've created everything. You are above everything. Mm. And you've positioned me in yourself by the cost of your own blood mm. to put me in a position where I can kick the enemy in the teeth and get people born again. Um, and the other thing is this. I don't see the devil having a day off. Mm. You know, I don't see him sitting back and letting people get born again i really don't mm. you know and i i see him waging war against the church i see him waging war against this world trying to pollute trying to kill steal and destroy because we're made in the image of god mm. and so when we actually begin to see what's going on in the spirit when we begin to actually see and like, you know, Elijah and Elisha, where Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what he can't currently see. And he looks up and he sees the armies of God. Mm. You know, that's what we need to be praying for. Mm. That people have the eyes that are open, that they can begin to see the things that God is seeing. Mm. That they can begin to see into eternity mm. and see those who will be lost and those who will be spared. And that, that we'll begin to see the cost that's involved. When, when, see, when we see Jesus on the cross, 
you know, when we see Jesus hanging on the cross, that that was the greatest cost, that was the greatest price that God could ever pay for you and me. Mm. You know, I love what Pastor Randy says, you know, he always says that, you know, he didn't send an angel with a broken wing, he sent his son. He sent the very best that he had. Mm. And, you know, you'll never know how much God loves you until you know how much God loves his son. Mm. Because he gave his son up for us. But if we can sit in our comfort knowing that Jesus did that, Mm. I don't think it's real to us. I don't Mm. think it's a reality to us. Mm. I don't think we can sit um, comfortably if we knew that hell was a real place and what that means. Mm. I don't think we can sit comfortably if we knew what heaven was and knew that heaven is a real place. And that if we just took into consideration the majesty of who God is, Mm. the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the purity of God, the love of God, if we took into consideration just what radiates from him, Mm. we would be changed. You know, uh, go on, mate. I think what was really kind of hitting me when you were speaking is that God himself didn't just sit comfortably. Mm. So like... Jesus didn't just sit there comfortably and watch us all go to hell. Mm. He got up, he literally got up from his throne in majesty to come down Mm. to us to do what he did. Mm. He didn't sit comfortably. So really, how can we sit comfortably and watch what is happening? Mm. Yeah, that's it, man. And I think, you know what, We, we, we need to forgive ourselves. And I think we can get so burdened by guilt. Mm. Um, you know, I, I love that script, you know, a sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Mm. Okay. So, you know, whatever we've done, whatever stuff, you know what I think the biggest thing is, I think the biggest thing that stops people from witnessing is condemnation. Mm. I don't think it's fear. I think it's condemnation. I think it's guilt. You know, I love that story of the four friends that brought the paralyzed man to Jesus. Mm. They brought him up to the roof. They broke through the roof. They lowered him down and Jesus heals him. But in that moment that Jesus is healing him, he says, your sins are forgiven you. Pick up your bed and walk. Mm. And I know that I, I know through the dialogue of that story that Jesus was demonstrating that he had the power to forgive sin. Mm. But I said, Jesus, I remember one time I was praying and I said, Lord, Tell me, why did you even bring it up? You know, you were going to forgive sin anyway. Why did you choose that moment to bring it up? I don't, I don't understand. And, and it, this was just a revelation for me. So, I mean, it may not be the, the, the theological or the whatever answer, mm. but this was the revelation for me. And God said to my heart, he said, listen, I can heal your body, mm. but if you don't know you're forgiven, you'll live crippled. Wow. Mm. And I think that we don't know how forgiven we are. Mm. We don't know how much we've been forgiven. And because of that, we live crippled. Mm. We live condemned. We live guilty to the point where we can't evangelize. Mm. We're so busy beating ourselves up or living under condemnation or living under the weight of sin because we've not come out from that yet. Mm. I love, you know, Romans 8. Read Romans 8. It's, I love it. It's a, but there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So the law of the spirit of life has set you free to be free so you can witness, so you can be light to everyone around you. But when we're guilty and when we're condemned and when we kind of hide away, 
we don't shine. Mm. And we don't want to shine because we don't want people to look at us because we think we're going to be we're going to be exposed. Mm. But actually, when we go to God and we say, God, cleanse me with your blood, forgive me of my sin, renew that heart in me mm. and create in me a steadfast spirit so I can be like you mm. and then just walk out forgiven. Mm. And then, I think for those who are comfortable in their lives right now, I would say, do you know who God is? Mm. Or have you forgotten who God is? Mm. And then pray that God opens your eyes so you can see the things that you have forgotten about. Mm. Begin to look into the eternity of heaven mm. and see exactly what the multitudes are doing right now. Because if you read through the book of Revelation, you can see that the elders who are casting their crowns before the throne, they're laying on their face and they're saying, holy, holy, mm. holy, the Lord, holy, holy. They say it day and night. That's what they say. Holy, holy, holy. And you know what? The closer we get to the throne of God, the simpler our worship becomes. And we just get on our face and we just cry out holy. You know, we don't need fancy lights. We don't need jumping music. We just need to know the simplicity of worship that the moment we get close to the throne is the moment we're on our face and the moment we're crying out holy because that's who it is. And sometimes we forget that and we live comfortably going, going from job to job or doing whatever we want to do mm. and God in his grace says you know what I love you I'm going to promote you because you're favored I'm going to bring you into a place of blessing because I've I've paid for you to have that mm. but don't forget the great commission mm. because that's what I gave every person to have it's not the job yeah. for the event it's not the job for the guy on the stage it's the job for every one of us mm. so I feel like as we're kind of wrapping up, I want to ask Ray if he can pray. I was going to ask the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So can you pray for those who are listening and pray for us and just kind of, yeah, just pray. I, I'm not even going to tell you what to pray. Just pray. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure. All right. Uh, Father God, I just thank you right now for the power of your grace. I thank you for the power of your love, Lord God, that sets us free. Jesus, I thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in you. And I thank you that your blood is strong enough to forgive every sin. There is no sin big enough or there's no sin too great that your grace cannot forgive. And Lord, I pray that every person listening to this message will have a moment to actually sit with you and receive that forgiveness of sin so that they can receive that purity again, so they can receive that light again, that when they go into their workplace, they can go guilt-free and not be ashamed of who they are and who you are and what you've done, but they can live free. And Lord, I thank you that the, you, 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 he, those who know the truth and the truth will make you free, Lord God. And I thank you that it, you are the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through you. So Jesus, I pray that we become more convinced about who you are, more convinced about what the truth is so we can live free. Jesus, I pray for every person listening that there'll be a fire in their belly stirred up right now, that they'll be fired up to go and love people the way you love people. They'll be fired up to go and be moved with compassion, knowing that they are free from sin and free from guilt. But Lord, they're moving forward for you, Lord God, entering people's worlds with a purpose to love. 
and the love that causes people to respond to who you are. Mm-hmm. And not, not, we're not compromising the word, Lord God. We're fulfilling the word in who you are with your power, your grace, your truth, Lord God, that brings people into a relationship with you. Lord, I pray, open their eyes, Lord God, right now. Holy Ghost, open their eyes, Lord, that they would know and see into eternity right now the consequences of this life, Lord God, that they would see the weight of glory that sits on you, that they would see your holiness and the and the rivers of the, and, the, and, the, and the life that flows out from you, Lord God. I thank you from the belly will flow rivers of living water, Lord God. And as the Holy Ghost fills us once again, Again, Lord, this very moment, I pray that we'll be charged up, encouraged to go out and love the way you love people and bring them into relationship with you. Jesus, I thank you for the great commission and the promises that we are blessed, we are favored because of you, because of that price you paid. Now help us, Lord God, get back on track, refocus us to see what the main purpose of our blessing really is. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much, Ray. Honestly, I think this is such a rich conversation. And I think just hearing from you, I know I've definitely been stirred. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You you know when you... When, you, when you've been focusing on like this little tiny part <laughs> and you realize that actually, hold on, so there's much so more. much more to remember mm. and to never forget as well. Mm. And and I think this, yeah, this conversation definitely for me has been a big reminder of the wider context of life, life and eternity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, praise God. Thank you guys. Ray, Ray, I was going to ask as well, do you have a website if people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, or to join the mailing list? Is there a website they can go to or anything like that? We've got a YouTube channel. Uh, we've got a, um, we've got a uh, which is connected with our newsletter and all that stuff. Um, we've also got some blogs coming out now, um, which is going to be connected with, our, with what we're doing through the church. So if you go through the church website, you can actually then link up with our blogs and all that kind of stuff. And what's the church uh, website? Say again. What's the church website? Uh, family.church is the name of the website. Cool. So if you just hit the Google address bar and just put family.church um, and that's it. So just navigate your way through there, through the blog section and you can see our section, Ray and Sarah Mills, and uh, you'll see our blogs pop up on there. Um, but I'll send you guys the details for the newsletter and then you can also um, push that out as well if you want. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. We thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening with Arnold Reasons. And Tolu talks. And Ray reaches. With the mighty beard. <laughs> <laughs> I think another podcast yeah. episode will be How Do I Grow a Beard Like Yours? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm capable. I can't even lie. I am not capable of that kind of beard. I reckon you should try, bro. Yeah. Uh, it'll be pitiful. It will be pitiful. People will start mistaking you for James Arden, buddy. <laughs> NBA reference, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, thank you so much, bro. Thank you, guys. Thank you. God bless you. All right, you too.